Grab our Bibles, Joshua in chapter 5. Joshua in chapter 5. And we are going to try, with the Lord's help, to cover um, verses 1 through 12. Verses 1 through 12 tonight, and then uh, next week we'll um, pick up and go into more of the sto- actually the story of the Jericho. But God had a, um, a pause in Israel's um, at the time here for Israel before they actually got to go and begin the conquering of the land. We'll begin reading in verse number 1, read through verse number 12, and then we'll pray. Joshua chapter 5. And it came to pass, when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings, kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel, until we were passed over that their hearts melted, neither was their spirit in them any more because of the children of Israel. At that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, Make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskin. And this was the cause why Joshua did circumcise all the people that came out of Egypt That were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness, by the way, after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness, by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, them had they not circumcised. They had not circumcised. For the children of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness, till all the people that were men of war, which came out of Egypt, were consumed, because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord, unto whom the Lord sware that he would not show them the land, which the Lord sware unto the fathers that he would give us, a land that floweth with milk and honey. And their children whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised, because they had not circumcised them by the way. And it came to pass, when they had done circumcising all the people, that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. Gilgal just simply means a rolling or a rolling away. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover and unleavened, after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they'd eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you this evening and we just pray for your help as we consider your word, Lord. Everything that you include in the Bible is for a purpose, is for us to learn from, for you to teach us. I just pray that we would learn what you would have for us, that you would um, guide me as I'm preaching, that it would be from you and not from myself, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear what you have to say, that your name would be glorified through, through your word tonight, Lord, and that we could be more like you at the end of tonight than before, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I would like you just to take a couple minutes, just take a couple moments and think in your own life about some victories that God needs to work in your life. Just take a second, stop, 
Think about some things that you know God wants to do in your life. Some things that God wants to accomplish. Some battles, some trials that you are facing that only God can, that only God can complete. Just take a second to think. As I was preparing for the sermon, I took a couple minutes and I thought, you know, just about with our church, some things that need to happen. You know, um, at the business meeting, Pastor talked about how we would like to see Open Door take the next step and begin get over that hump in attendance and begin to grow and move forward. And um, not that we're not seeing God's blessings now, but go to the next step and continue to move forward for the Lord. You know how that's going to happen? We're going to need God's miraculous power in our church. It isn't that we haven't seen it in the past, but we're going to need to see God do some working in our lives. You know, Morris Park, they need to find a place to meet right now. And then they need to begin to hold services. And there's things that we don't even know about in the future that we can look at and say, those are some battles that God is going to have to fight for us. Union, as Pastor just mentioned in the prayer time, there is a lot, lot of work. That needs to be done before we can hold services. We have seen God work some mighty miracles in this past year. How God brought in the right people at the right time, gave the funds at just the right time, so now there's a roof on the building. So now the building is dry. The violations with landmarks are closed. We just have seen miracle after miracle that God has performed, that God has done. But it's not over yet. That isn't the end. And even when we're in the building, that isn't the end of what God is trying to do. The end goal is not for Union Baptist Church to open again. The end goal is for God to be glorified as the preaching of God's word once again is in that building. And um, souls are being saved. And let's not forget about North Brooklyn in that time. And things that God needs to do. And what you just thought of during that moment of silence. What God needs to do in each and every one of our lives. All these trials, battles, whatever you want to call them, whatever you are facing, demand God's power. And we are unable to accomplish, the Bible tells us that without faith it is impossible to please God. That we are not able to do anything without God. The Bible says in John chapter 15 that without me ye can do nothing. That without the power of God, we cannot accomplish anything in the future in our, that needs to be done. We have seen God work in the past, and it's exciting to look back and see everything God has done. We can look at it and say, man, God is great. God has done so many wonderful miracles. But if we are going to move into the future, we are facing new battles and past victories do not guarantee, always guarantee a similar outcome. You ever heard the um, advertisements on the radio talking about this, the best lawyer and it says, past results do not guarantee a similar outcome. And you're like, thanks for the encouragement if I'm going to call you. That really helps me out. But just because we have seen God's power in our lives in the past does not guarantee that we will experience God's power in our lives in the future. Now, let me be clear at the beginning. That fault, if we do not experience God's power in our lives in the future, the fault is not with God. God had them just in the last chapter build a memorial to remind, to teach the children of Israel, to teach the next generations that God can. God can do the 
the same things that he did now, he can do for the next generation. That's what the purpose of the memorial was, was to teach him. God is able. God is powerful. This is who God is. You need to fear God because he is the God of all the world. That is what they were, the stones were to teach the next generation. But just because God had helped them cross the Jordan River, God promised them victory in Canaan. But the, if they were going to experience victory in Canaan, it wasn't because God was not able. It was because of their lives. And I was looking at this chapter and like, there, it's, this is a little bit, just being honest, this is a little bit of an awkward story. But it's in the Bible. For a purpose. It is, it, God included this in the Bible, not just say, okay, something is going on here. It's because there's a truth. There's a timeless truth that God wants to communicate to us today. And as we go through this, with the Lord's help, maybe pray for me as I'm going through this, that I can communicate what I believe God wants us to know, and that we can learn what God has for us tonight. You see, victory must come from God. And Israel, at this point in the story, if we read verse number 1, it says, And it came to pass, when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward, just where Israel had crossed, they were um, east coming west, they had just crossed into the west side of Canaan, and all the kings of the Canaan, which were by the sea, over by the Mediterranean Sea on the coast there, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters, they heard what God had done. A Jordan before the children of Israel until we were passed over. Joshua's writing here. He's saying, we passed over. They heard what God did in our lives. That their heart melted, neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. The ch- Israel was primed to move forward. They were ready to go. They had just crossed Jordan. They had experienced the power of God. They were excited. You meet someone who is just been saved, you meet someone who's had God work in their lives, and they are excited. They are ready to move forward. Say, we've gotten this, let's keep going. You know, momentum is a powerful thing. Okay? If you want an illustration of momentum, how many watched the the Super Bowl last week? Okay, that is a perfect illustration of momentum. You look at the the first half of the game, for those of you who didn't watch the Super Bowl, it was 21 to 3, Atlanta Falcons at halftime. Okay? Where was all the momentum? Was with the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons come out, they score another touchdown after the half. It's 28 to 3. You think, game's over. But momentum is a powerful thing. All of a sudden, the Patriots scored a touchdown and they just kept going. And Atlanta never got their feet under them. You might say, neither was their spirit in them anymore. With spirit also has the idea, obviously it's courage, but it also has the idea of breath. You might, the idea of that, you might even say they had, they acted like the wind got knocked out of them. How many have ever been punched in the solar plexus accidentally or just knocked the wind? And you're sitting there just like, I can't breathe. That's how these people were with their courage. They, they were looking at the children of Israel. They heard what God had done. They had heard what God had done with the Jordan River. And it's like they couldn't breathe. Their hearts melted. There was no courage. There was no ability to withstand them. 
They weren't saying, all right, we need to get our armies. We need to be ready to go. They're like, what's the point? There's no point in even going forward. Their hearts had melted. It was, they, Israel had all the momentum at this point. The king, the, all the kings were like, what are we going to do? They're, they're just down. There's no courage in them. There's no spirit in them. There's no saying, let's do this. They're not even chanting their slogans anymore. They're finished. In their mind, because they have heard what, their, what Israel's God has done. They're finished. So at this point, you would say, what is, what is the key? You know, you listen to any martial arts or anything. They say, once you get your opponent down, you keep going. Don't, don't stop. You know, they say, um, coaches will tell their players, play to the echo of the whistle. Basically, keep going until there's no going anymore. Momentum was all with Israel. And you know what God tells them to do? Stop. God calls Israel to a screeching halt. Israel has crossed the Jordan River. They're ready to go forward. They're at Gilgal. They're set up the memorial. There's excitement. There's synergy in the camp. They are with Joshua. They're ready to move forward. And God says, stop. That's what, and that's what this section is about. This section of Joshua. God commands Israel to halt. Why? Common sense would say, we have the momentum, they're on the run, and we haven't even fought a battle yet. Let's go. Get them. Don't let them rest. Don't let them stop. Keep moving. Keep them on the run, and we will conquer quicker. We will have the, um, the battles will be won easier with less casualties. Everything that's military or common sense says, go. Now's the time. Keep pressing it. And God says, stop. Halt. If you are going to move forward, because remember, Israel was not a warrior nation. The victories that Israel needed to win wasn't not dependent upon who Israel was. Israel was not a mighty nation in and of themselves. Israel was not a warlike people with great um, generalship, with um, strategies and weapons far beyond their enemies that could overwhelm them. No, Israel was a mighty nation. Israel would see mighty victories because they served a mighty God. That's what they saw with the Jordan River. That's what they saw in the wilderness as God provided for them again and again. So sometimes God says things that don't necessarily make common sense to us, but is exactly what we need to do because the reason Israel needed to stop was they needed to renew their covenant relationship with him. Alright? Just going back into a little bit of history here. Okay? The circumcision was a physical sign of the covenant God had with Israel. We can go back to Genesis 17, where God came to Abraham and said, I'm going to set up a covenant with thy people and with thy seed. You're going to be my people. That's where God changed Abram's name to Abraham and Sarai's name to Sarah and said, you are going to Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. You are going to be my people. I'm going to give this land to you where God set his covenant up with Abraham. Um, just a few week, uh, months ago, Pastor went through the covenants of God. This is where God set up the covenant with Abraham. And the sign of that covenant was circumcision. That's just what it was. Alright? And the rite of circumcision was what separated the people of God 
from the people around him. It was a mark. It was something that set them apart. That said, we are God's people. We are not like everyone else. We are God's people. And God says, before you go forward, stop. There's some things here that are not right. Because why would, it, why would this need to be done? If this was so important to the covenant of Israel to God, why would this need to be done? Well, as we read earlier, as we were reading through the passage, was this generation, this, that had never been done. Why? As they were in the wilderness, they had been at Mount Sinai, they had been um, with Moses, the Bible doesn't say why it wasn't done. Now, it does give us a little bit idea of their fathers, who their fathers were. They came out, and they had um, the generation of Israel that came out of Egypt had been circumcised. They were had that mark that set them apart as the people of God, yet as they were walking through the wilderness, the Bible says here in Joshua, they did not, they obeyed not the voice of the Lord. How many times in Sunday school we're going through, pastors going through the nation of Israel and their wilderness wanderings. They haven't gotten to that point yet. It'll be next lesson will be the twelve spies. But how many times did they disobey God? We just heard about the um, the lusting over the meat and the flesh this morning, and how they complained against God, and God had to send judgment on them. Very the fire of the Lord had to burn among them because of their complaining and judgment because of their sin. And they should have entered. This genera- this, that generation should have entered the promised land. God had sworn unto Abraham that his seed would get the promised land. That generation was Abraham's seed. They should have been able to move into the promised land. But why did they not? It wasn't because they did not have the mark of the covenant. That wasn't the reason. The reason was they did not obey the voice of the Lord. They in their heart rebelled and said, we are not going to obey God. And maybe, I can't, just some conjecture here, maybe because of their rebellion against God, that is why they did not pass it on to their children. They said, we're going to die in the wilderness and we're not going to, it's, we're, it's going to be, um, Egypt is going to be, we should have just stayed there as slaves in Egypt. We're not going to experience the blessings of God. God is never going to give us that. And they just didn't think it was that important. Maybe. That's just conjecture. But for whatever reason, they did not pass it down to their children. And so here come the children that God said, all right, if you're to that generation, if you're not going to obey me, you're going to die in the wilderness. Your children are going to have to wander in the wilderness for 40 years for every day that the 12 spies were in the promised land. You're going to have to wander a year for every day until you all die. And then your children get to inherit the promised land. The Bible, the word that Joshua uses here is consumed. Until you are consumed in the wilderness, you are not, um, your children are not going to get to enjoy the promised land. And so for whatever reason, they did not have this mark on them. They were not set apart as the children of God. Now, had God worked with Israel up to this point? Yes, God had. 
had, had this generation, even though they did not have the mark of the covenant on them, had they, had they seen the mighty working of God's power in their lives? Yes, they had just crossed the Jordan River. What more could you want as a show of the power of God in their lives than crossing the Jordan River? God had worked in their lives. They had seen God work in their lives. But if they were going to move forward, if they were going to see God work, not what He did yesterday, but in the coming years, if they were going to see God do mighty works with Jericho, that was just a couple miles away, they needed to renew that covenant with God. They needed to be in a right standing with God. So God comes to Joshua and says, well, you have all the momentum with you. But that's not enough. Momentum is not enough. What you need is the power of God in your life. What you need is God working, God fighting the battles for you. And if you are going to see me work in the future, there's some things that are in your life that have to be made right. There's some things in your life that are not in accordance to the Word of God. The law had been given out. Sinai was very clear on this issue. And if they were going to move forward, their lives had to match up with what God's Word said. Even though it was not a pleasant experience. It was painful. It was embarrassing. And also this, they were within a few miles of Jericho. With the Jordan River behind them. There was no escape, and their enemy was right in front of them, and God was saying, stop, and you're just going to wait here. In fact, your army is not really going to be able to fight very well, because you're going to get things right with me. You're going to remove some things from your life that need to be removed. God wanted His people to be in a right standing with Him. It says in verse, once they had completed this, in verse, um, in verse number 8, And when this came to pass, and when they had done circumcising all the people, they abode in their places in the camp till they were made whole. And verse number 9, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off of you. God wanted His people to be in a right standing with Him. He said, once they took this next step, even though it defied common sense, even though it said, even though it was painful, it was embarrassing, God said, you need to get things right with me. I'll take care of the rest. You make sure your, your relationship with me is right. And you know what God said at the end of it? I've rolled away the reproach of Egypt on you. You're no longer the slave people that came out of Egypt. You're my people. You're no longer the people that, has, that is longing to go back to Egypt. You're my people. And God was bringing His people to a place where they were in the relationship with Him so that He could once again move with them. He had in the past. But what you think would have happened if they said, No, God, this doesn't make sense. We don't want to remove... I know this has the marks of Egypt on it, but we need... We, we can't do this. This doesn't make sense. We're facing a battle right here. We can't do this. We just need to go forward. 
Do you think they would have experienced the blessings and victory of God? No. God was telling them, you need to make sure you are in obedience with my word. And they did that. And Israel would and will experience the blessings in the, of God in the rest of the book of Joshua. They will see God begin to do things even far beyond what He has done in the past. There's battles that they are going to face where they are completely outnumbered. They march through the night. You don't usually try to fight a battle by marching all night the night before and then fight all day. That doesn't work. But God is going to give them victory. God is going to give them victory after victory after victory as they obey Him. But that would not have happened if they hadn't stopped and made sure, as God told them, your relationship with me needs to be right before you move forward. You see, God halted Israel's advance because they needed to be a right standing with God to experience victory in the coming battles. That's basically the idea of what God is trying to get across here. What God is reminding them as he wrote the book of Joshua to the people, to the generations coming after, even though they crossed Jordan, they needed to stop and make sure their relationship with God was correct. That their relationship with God, that their standing with God was in complete obedience to His Word. If they were going to experience continued victory in the coming, coming days, in the trials they would face in the future. You see, we all have things in our life that need to be removed so we can experience the victory God desires in our lives. And God must often halt our seeming advance to deal with the things in our lives that must be removed so we can continue to move forward. You can keep pressing on, but you're not going to get anywhere until your life is in obedience to God's Word. How many have ever gone through a metal detector at the airport? And you don't think you have anything in your pockets. You don't think you have anything on you that's going to ring off that detector. But you walk through and it goes, ding, 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 ding. And the person looks at you and says, well, you apparently are pretty stupid. You don't know what you're doing. Go back and take off whatever you need to take off so you can come through, right? And that person looks at you, really, again? The TAS person. And you're like, I, I did it. I took it. And you're trying to find out what on earth it is that is setting off this detector. But they're not going to let you go through until you find out what's setting off that detector. That's just the way it is, right? They're not going to let you go through until you find out what's going to set off that detector. And you know what? God is not going to continue to bless your life when He calls, there will be times in your life where through the preaching of God's Word, through reading your Bible, as you pray, as you seek to follow God, there's going to be times in your life where God says, Stop. Before you go forward anymore, there's some things that need to be taken out of your life so I can continue to bless you. There's going to be that detector that goes off. It's the Word of God that's going to tell you, Stop. There's some Egypt left in you that needs to be removed from your life. So what was on that mental list that you made at the beginning of the service when I asked you to stop? The victories, the battles that you are facing that you need God to give you victory in. 
Before Israel ever conquered Jericho, they had to restore their relationship with God. You know what happened after this? After they um, renewed their covenant relationship with God, they got to celebrate the Passover in Canaan. In the promised land. I said, you know what it was? That was a remembrance of what God had done in Egypt. But it was also a reminder that God had kept His promise. Because they left Egypt to go to the promised land. God had taken them out of Egypt to bring them to where He wanted them to be. And they got to celebrate that Passover with the last reproach of Egypt rolled off of them. What do you think the joy that was in their lives? What do you think, how do you think they felt as they remembered what God had done before and saw where God had brought them now? That had to be wonderful. But if we're going to get to that point to where we can experience and look back and say, look at what God has brought us. Amazing. And we know God is going to work in the future. We may have to remove some things that will hold us back. What are some things, some influences, some thoughts from the world that must be removed before we can move forward? Now, let me be clear. This idea isn't you get, you get down and you pray and it gives you some second blessing where you move forward and you have this enlightenment where you're now a step higher in your Christianity. You've reached the next level of Christianity and now everything will be perfect going forward. You know, there's some people who teach that, that you can pray and pray and pray till you experience the second indwelling of the Holy Spirit and you move forward. That's not what it's talking about here. All they did was they got their lives in obedience with the Word of God. That's what it was. There was something in their life that wasn't. It was from the old. It was from the world that was in their life that was not in accordance to what God had commanded them. And God said, before you move forward, if you are going to experience my blessings and the battles that you will face in the future, there's some things in your life that must be removed. If the Open Door Bible Baptist Church is going to continue to move forward, each of the members of this church must daily maintain their relationship with God so the church as a whole can see God work in the coming trials. Often God will bring us to a point where we must get things right. We must correct where our lives are with the Word of God, which what what God has clear in His Word, before we can move forward. Because a right standing with God is a prerequisite to spiritual victory. It is simple obedience to God's already revealed will. God had already told that in the law at Mount Sinai. And he said, this isn't right. Before you move forward, get this right. They needed to remove what was going to hold them back from the blessings of God. So the question is, do we want to move forward as a church? Do we want to move forward as a Christian in my daily life, in your daily life?
So, the, so if the answer is yes, I believe everyone here would say, I want to see God work not only as He has worked in the past, I want Him to see Him work in the future. So is your life in accordance with the Word of God? What part of your life is going against Scripture? Now you might say, I'm doing my absolute best to live exactly the way God wants us to be. I don't think there's anyone in this room who would say, I'm rebelling against God and I'm proud of it. You probably wouldn't be here on a Sunday night. But God's Word is going to say, at some times during the preaching of God's Word, you're going to hear that metal detector go off, so to speak. But it's going to say, wait a second. I can't continue to move forward this way. I need to stop. There's some things in my life that need to be removed so I can be in a right standing with God, so I can see God work in the coming days. That's what an altar is for. That's what prayer is about. God, I'm not right here. I'm not right with your word. And the only way I know I can see your power is when I'm right with your word. When I'm living in obedience to you. Because I can't win those victories on my own. I can't see the blessings that you have for me come to fruition without living in obedience to God. Without faith is impossible to please God. And how many times have we tried, I know in my life, where I said, you know what, it'll be okay, I'm just going to press on, keep moving, we'll, we'll deal with this later. No. God said, before you fight your first battle in Canaan, this needs to be dealt with. You need to take your life and make it in accordance, line it up with my word. So just the challenge tonight. Is your life in obedience to God's Word? There's a reason God puts every passage of Scripture in. There's a point God is trying to get across. Israel could not move forward until their lives were in accordance to God's Word. And if you are asking the question, why am I not seeing God's victory in my life? Why am I not seeing the blessings I once saw in my life now? Well, is your life in accordance with the Bible? Now, that doesn't mean every day is going to be roses and every day is going to be one victory after another. You're going to just get tired of winning. No, that's not what God is saying here. But you're not going to see the blessings of God in your life if your life is not in obedience, completely lined up with His Word. So where are we not lined up? Do you need to get some things right tonight? If so, let's deal with God before we even begin to pray for one another as a church. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. I just pray that it would have been clear and that you would speak to hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. We'll just take a moment before we begin public time of prayer. If you need to come forward or just pray there in your seat.